that you do. All right, amen. Smash the button, Alexa's trying to talk to me, hallelujah. Good to see you, God bless you. I just echo what's been said, bless all the moms in here. And I knew today was going to be tough for my wife, just a couple of months ago, uh, lost her mom, and uh, I, I knew I could just tell it, I could see it on her today as she was getting ready uh, for church, and that was just an added blessing. Uh, Thank you, Max. Pastor Johanna that was behind all that. Uh, like Jeannie said, Pastor Johanna should have been up in that line, too. Uh, and uh, <laughs> she is. She is um, but amen. I'm, I'm going to let you be seated. Uh, before I get into the, the message, I, I do want to thank, you know, last Sunday I mentioned, if you were here, uh, that my heart was, you know, I mentioned about this guy that I had seen and, and, uh, you know, just needed help. Yards were atrocious; couldn't hardly get to the to the place, and uh, just needed help. And uh, it's a guy that I met about a month ago, and and he's for some reason he's just been calling me a lot, and uh, just a guy that needs help in this world. And 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 sometimes, you know, it's just sometimes some of you maybe know, but some don't. You know, it's just amazing uh, and sad how people and what people live in you know, and how they live, and and a lot of that's because they just don't have the money, uh, like this guy, you know, he's trying to make it off of 600, a little over $600 a month, and uh, that's not any money, that's tough to live and sustain uh, a life, and and so, um, and so I mentioned it last Sunday, and I had men meeting me uh, after the service, and we, uh, so I, I want to thank Johnny uh, Martin and, and uh, Ray, uh, Raymond back there. Uh, his son Aaron came, uh, 12 years old, and uh, he came. And, and uh, Mitch, I don't even know if Mitch is here this morning. If you are Mitch Holler, uh, he works at night a lot of times. But Mitch uh, Bishop uh, came, and uh, Pastor Johanna gathered us up so much food that it took about two of us to tote it in there uh, to give this guy. And I'm telling you, he was just uh, so blessed. And we, we uh, with these men's help, and they brought their uh, own equipment. And, and it, it, just, it just touched me as much as it touched that guy. And he had uh, talked to me for off and on for a month, you know, and didn't have any TV. He did have a TV, but he didn't have nothing to watch on it because he had, couldn't afford, uh, you know, to pay for Dish Network or any of that kind of stuff. And... Uh, and so I, I had a TV antenna on the back of uh, TV on my back porch, and I just unplugged it. And I thought, well, surely we can get some some channels, you know. And he had told me that somebody had given him a TV a couple of months ago, a brand new one. He said he never even took it out of the box because he wasn't no use to. And he said, besides, he didn't know how to hook it up anyway if he if he was to take it out. And uh, so uh, we, long story, we was able to do that. And I went in there. And he told me, he warned me, he said, before you go in, he said, you're not going to like my house. He said, it's pretty rough in there. And I said, man, I was a paramedic for 20 years. I've been in all kind of houses in every place, you know, so I'm good. And uh, I'm good. I'm shockproof, I think. So, so we went in, and, uh, but it was really dark in there. And if it hadn't uh, uh, been for Raymond, I couldn't have seen because I didn't bring my glasses, my seeing glasses. <laughs> I had to get Raymond in there to help me. And, and uh, we were trying to get the 
thing. And when we first hooked it up, we didn't have no channels. I was like, oh, I'm so disappointed. And he had a TV sitting there, and all he was watching, the TV that he had had a screensaver or something on it, just, just an image. And uh, he said, that's what I've been watching for months. I just sit there and, and look at that. And I said, but it don't move or nothing. <laughs> he said, what's well, better than it not being on? He said, it just brings me a little peace. So, so we hooked it up. Uh, I think it, what was it, uh, Raymond, like 33, 35 channels or something, it ended up uh, catching for him. And, he, and uh, after when I was in there, his eyes just filled with tears, and he said, uh, he said that TV's so clear it's looking back at me. <laughs> and uh, so we, we got through yesterday afternoon, and, and he asked me for a ride uh, to, to Ray City uh, out from where he lived, and, and uh, he wanted to go to the store and stuff, so I, I carried him to the store. And all the way there, uh, he just talked. And he had hugged all these guys and thanked them before they left. And, and that ain't why we went. And we didn't take no pictures to put on Facebook. And we, 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 we uh, protect his privacy and, and all that stuff. And we were just there to serve him. And it was so neat yesterday when I called him, I said, now, we're going to be there about 2 o'clock in the afternoon now. Just want to be sure you're good with it and everything's good. And he said, he said I'm excited. I'm looking forward to for y'all coming and, he said, uh, he said, what did you say the name of that church is that you go to? And I said, Grace Point. And he said, uh, that sounds like a, you must be a good church uh, for them guys that want to come over and help you to help me, you know. And he said, you must have a good pastor. And uh, <laughs> See, I hate telling people I'm a preacher because as soon as you do, it changes the dynamic. So I normally don't, I don't ever pull that card out. I don't care about that part. That ain't what it's about. And... Uh, and he said, uh, you must got a good pastor. He said, I, I like to meet him sometime. And I said, well, actually, you have. He said, when? I said, you talking to him? He said, uh-oh. <laughs> he said, that makes me afraid. I said, why are you afraid? He said, all this cussing and, and profanity I've been using. I said, man, that ain't, that ain't hurting me none. And uh, he, uh, he, he was just so touched. And he just kept saying over and over, you know, why would you do this? You know, why do you care? Why do you want to help me? And uh, I said, we're not helping you so you'll come to church. You don't have no transportation. You ain't got no way of getting here. We, that ain't what we're doing this for. We're just doing this, you know, because we care about you as a person. And, and you, you know, needed help, and we wanted to help you and just to show you that, that you're valuable, you know. And uh, so th thank you, men. Thank all y'all for going and helping me and giving up your Saturday <laughs> afternoon to do that. Uh, so, man, man, I, I appreciate it so much. And there's so many people in this church, that, you know, uh, I see, that, man, we got, we got guys and gals in here that, that you know, want to do more than just hear sermons and stuff. They want to do stuff and help people and show. And, they, and you've been doing it. And you ain't waiting on me to herald the, the call. And, uh, you know, uh, like Dexter, you know, man, uh, is Dexter, you in here this morning? I don't know if he's here. He, uh, he, he was so touched. He, he was almost upset that he couldn't go because he, he had a previous commitment. And, uh, and he called me. He said, I'll just go on over there and kind of knock it down before y'all get there Saturday. Hey, Dexter wouldn't have knocked it down. He'd have knocked it all out and been done with it before we got there. And uh, I said, man, that's okay, buddy. We'll get it this time. And then I said, maybe after this, then you can go. And Dexter, I know he goes to Morvin and Moza Widow's yards all the time, and he just loves doing that kind of stuff. And we got so many of you guys here, and I start naming names and I get in trouble 
because I can't name all of you, but you, and, and a lot of you, you're doing stuff, and I don't even know about it, and you're helping people. Pastor Johanna, we had a, we had a, a lady that sat right here on the front row over here for years. Uh, she's uh, moved away now and, um, and just needed more help than she could get around here, and her family stepped in, and, and, uh, and so last Sunday was her last Sunday here. But just things you don't know, people care about people in this church. And Pastor Johanna, for over the past three years, has been helping this person that could not help themselves, has been taking care of her finances, paying her bills, making sure she had food and all that stuff. Not only did she do all that, but she documented it just as Pastor Johanna would do in a, in a, in a ledger, <laughs> keeping up with every track. She said, I want to be accused of taking one dime from this woman. I'm just trying to help her. And in fact, she'd done such a great job that when she had to go, that lady had to go to court with her family this week, and they called her in, Pastor John, to testify, even to bring forth the records, and so that her family could say, "This, you know, our family member needs more help than she can provide for herself." But to see Pastor Johanna take that on with all the other stuff she's got going on in her life, it just it, it blesses me in, in, in such a way because that's the kind of people we got here. Uh, at this church, and it just, and, and thank you, thank you, thank you for doing that, man, you're showing forth the love of God that's in Christ when you do that stuff, and, uh, and, and it's just so amazing. Today, I want to take just a few minutes, I know it's Mother's Day, and we'll try to get you where you can get to the best chicken pieces that you like uh, at the buffet, but, but um, accepting that you are accepted, and that sounds like a good, you know, statement, but it's, it's harder for some people to accept the fact that God himself has accepted every human already on this planet, not just the church folks. Um, he's not accepting those that just accept him. He's accepted humanity, and he's done that in and through his son, uh, Jesus Christ. And that's what Ephesians chapter 1, if you have your Bible, want to go to Ephesians chapter 1, I'm going to read verses 3 through 7. And the Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Ephesus, said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now notice this, who has blessed us with every, how many spiritual blessings? With every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So if God, and notice his past tense, God's not going to bless you, he has blessed you. Okay, with how many spiritual blessings? Every one of them. So what are you asking him for? Okay, and it says, just as he chose us in him when? When did God decide to choose you? Before the foundation of the world. That's when God chose you. And if you can ever get that in your heart, it'll change the way you view everything. But God chose you in him. The him there is Jesus. Before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame before him in love. Holiness is not something you achieve ever. You receive it. Because he's holy. He, righteousness is not something you achieve. You don't make yourself righteous. You don't become righteous. You can't do anything to become righteous. The Bible says that clearly, but the, Paul called it the gift of righteousness. And, and it's the gift of holiness. And then verse 5, he says, uh, Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Now notice this, to the praise of the glory of of his grace by which he has made us accepted in the beloved. Now in him, not we will have one day if we say the right prayer. In him we have redemption through his blood. Now what does that look like? He says, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. God's already done all this. Jesus did what he came to do, took away the sin of the world. And it says that, that he, has, he has made us accepted 
And it, but it says, to notice, to the praise of the glory of his grace. So when you look at the first part of that verse, it does not say, or let me say it like this, does it say to the praise uh, of the glory of your service? No, it does not. It's not about your service. It's not about your performance. It, it's his acceptance of you is, is, is to the praise of the glory of his grace. Now, isn't that wonderful? And, and, but wait, it even gets better than that. And then you look at the middle part of the verse. He said he made us accepted. Now, his acceptance is not something that you ever need to strive for because you already have it. Uh, that, that's a freedom. That's, that's not religion. That's, that's God's grace. But then there's even more to it. Look at the latter part of the verse. Where are you accepted at? In the beloved. Notice his capital B. Who is the beloved? Y'all know who he is. What's his name? Jesus. Now this is, of course, talking about Jesus. And God's acceptance is in Jesus Christ. Now you remember when Jesus was getting baptized in the River Jordan by his cousin John, right? He, he, and so he's, he's being baptized. Now he's come from the carpenter shop. You can receive this. He's never preached a sermon. This in the Bible. He's never healed. The, he's never done anything like that at all. Up to this point, he's 30 years of age, he's been a blue-collar worker. He ain't done nothing else religious, and if he did do it, it's not in the Scriptures. And, he, and at his baptism, the Father speaks audibly from heaven and said, This is my what? Beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. God's acceptance of his Son, his, God being pleased with his Son, had nothing to do with anything that even Jesus had done. It had to do by the fact that that was his Son. And, 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 that's, and that's how God does it. And so faith at its core, the, 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 the essence of our faith is, is truly accepting that you are already accepted. Can you say amen to that? And, and so to, to, to understand that you're accepted, you have to start with Jesus. You don't start looking at yourself. You, you start with Jesus. And, and I, I want you to see something. And it goes into just like what we've done this week is... Seeing and recognizing are not the same thing. You can, you, you've seen people, right, but you didn't recognize them. Uh, we, we see this all through the Scripture. We see where Jesus, after his resurrection, uh, it, it says in one place in Luke that he appeared to those disciples walking the Emmaus Road in another form. He, he, he didn't look like the last Jesus they saw. He, he was in another form. And, and he, he appeared to these guys, and what were they doing? They weren't doing anything religious. They weren't in church. They weren't praying. They weren't fasting. They were just walking. Do you know God can show up while you're just walking? You can take a walk around your block, and God can show up. And, 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 and I mean, not that he's there, and he's got to come there. His presence is there, but you're just not aware of it. It's like the Lord was in this place, but I, we knew it not. How many knows and so, so, so he, he, he shows up to them, and he ha they had to walk with him for a while until their ability to recognize him came. And in fact, the Bible says later on, uh, they, their hearts burned while he talked to them, and he expounded the Scriptures to them, but it said that he was, they recognized him in the breaking of bread. In other words, when they hung out and just had a meal with him, that's when, that's when they began to recognize what they had saw. And so how many knows that, that uh, the disciples, they, they are out fishing. And, and all they see is a guy making breakfast on the beach. And, and uh, they see him, but they do not recognize him. 
And, and, and this guy on the beach hollers at them, and I'll put it in South Georgia. He says, have y'all caught anything? Y'all caught any? How many knows if you're really fishing and you're catching them, you, you lie and say you ain't getting, no, we got one or two. And you got 30 in the boat, you know what I'm saying? But you don't want them to park right there or know your spot. We, my uncles was bad about that. They'd people ride by, we'd be in the river fishing. Y'all catching any? Ah, this guy wanted to. Ice chest be half full of brim, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they just like keep on moving, going by. But this guy says, have you caught any? And they said, no. He says, cast your net on the right side and you'll catch some. Now it took that act for John, was the only one out of that whole boat of those 11 disciples to recognize it was the Lord. John recognized him. He didn't just see Jesus, he recognized him. See, a lot of you can see, but you don't recognize what you're looking at. And that's not an insult. I'm just trying to stimulate you to wake up to the to, to reality of more. This is going to explain why that we went to that man's house yesterday and mowed his yards. There's a reason we did that. See, I, I, see you can see people, but you don't recognize them. And, and, and so, you know, John said, that's the Lord. And Peter said, I, I don't see it, but I trust you. And so Peter so trusted John that he, that he took off his garment and dove. He said, this boat ain't getting there fast enough. And he outswam the boat to get to Jesus. And that's where Jesus began to ask. And remember, Peter's the guy that denied him three times that he's denied that he even knows him. And, and I, don't, I don't have time to unpack all this like I'd love to. But, you know, of course, when, when Peter gets there, Jesus says, Peter, do you love me more than all these? And he's talking about those disciples. Because Peter had this arrogance about him that, you know, because Jesus told them at the Last Supper, remember? He said, all of you are going to betray me this night. And, and Peter said, they might, but I won't. <laughs> That's called confidence in the flesh. That's called writing a check that your behind can't cash. Come on, somebody. You, you, you can say it with your mouth, but you don't have the wherewithal to, to, to do what you, what you think you can do. Because you're, you're depending on your own strength. And, and, and so uh, Peter said, they might all deny you, but I, I, I won't. I never will. He said, not only will I go to Jerusalem with you, I'll die with you. How I many knows he couldn't cash that check at the bank? He couldn't even stand in front of a teenage girl and confess that he knew the man. So he don't feel very good at all about his performance. But see, our acceptance by God is not based on your performance. It's based on him. And, and so Peter uh, swims to the shore and Peter, uh, you know, Jesus, do you, do you love me? And, and the, Greek, the, the Greek uses different words for love. And we miss this little nuance. And so Jesus literally asked him, do you agape me? Agape love is the highest form of love. It means self-sacrificing, unconditional love. Agape love is the definition where it's God is love. God is agape. God is love unconditionally, self-sacrificing, other-centered, and other-focused love. And so Jesus looks to Peter and says, do you, do you agape me? Peter responds and says, Lord, I phileo you. Phileo means love, but it means brotherly love. Phileo, Philadelphia. You ever heard of Philadelphia? What is that city known as? The city of what? Brotherly love. And so Peter says, he's asked by Jesus, do you agape me? And Peter says, Lord, I phileo you. I, I love you like a brother. 
But that ain't what Jesus asked him. Peter, Jesus asked him a second time, do, Peter, do you agape me? He said, Lord, I phileo you. Peter's not willing to fake it no more and pretend that he's got agape love when he's done proven that he don't. The third question from the Lord Jesus to Peter says, Peter, do you phileo me? That's what Jesus asked him a third time. Do you phileo me? Do you love me like a brother? And he says, yea, Lord, you know that I phileo you. What does that mean? Listen to me. That means that Jesus is willing to come to where you are and hook up with you right there. If phileo is all you got, then he will hook up with you right there and he will lead you in to agape. That's a good father. That's a good Lord. He'll catch you where you are. He knows what you can't do. Yeah, okay, we'll hook up right there, Peter, and then we'll go on this journey. Do, do, and and so, so, you know, we, we see things, but we don't recognize. Remember at the, at the tomb, Mary Magdalene, the playgirl of Magdala, whom Jesus had cast out seven demons. She sees a man standing there, and she sees him, but she don't recognize him. He's the gardener to her. So she's having a conversation with the gardener. And this gardener says to her, Mary. And when she heard him call her name. Well, that song has some juice in it up in this morning, but he knows your name. When he called her by her name, she knew that wasn't a gardener. Because she turns and says, Rabboni, teacher, the Lord. And, 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 and then she runs and puts her arms around, and people get confused about this. And he says, Mary, don't, don't, don't cling to me because I've not yet ascended to my father. You don't have to hold on to me physically because I'm going to leave you, but I'm not going to leave you like an orphan. I'm going to give my Holy Spirit to not only be with you, but he shall be in you. And so sometimes we, we see people, but we don't recognize them. But one time Jesus got invited by a Pharisee to go to his home for a meal. And the Pharisee's name is Simon. This is not Simon Peter. This is Simon the Pharisee. And, they, and Jesus goes to his house. And while he's there with all these big shots, all these religious leaders, Pharisees and Sadducees and all these folks, then a woman, it says, and the Bible uses this to, to illustrate the point, it says a woman who was as known as a sinner, uh, she came and that that expression was reserved to this woman of promiscuity, of lifestyle, and, and probably a harlot. And she came in, and, and, and she came in with uh, uh, an alabaster box, and she began to, to anoint him, and, and she began to cry and weep, and she anointed his feet with her tears and anointed his head, and she just begins to, to kiss on his feet and, and, and do those things. And, and, and Simon said in his heart, uh, if this man was truly a prophet, he would know what kind of woman this is that's touching him. And Peter looked at Simon because he discerned that thought. And he said, Simon, do you see this woman? See, Simon could see her, but he couldn't recognize her. I don't know if you're tracking me. He, Jesus said, do you see this woman? He said, now, this woman, since she has came in here, has not ceased but to to kiss my feet and anoint my feet and, 
And, and he said, I came and you didn't even offer water for my feet. He said, I want to tell you a story. He said, somebody owed somebody $5. I'll put it in our language. And, and then somebody owed $5,000. And the person that was owed the money forgave them both of their debt. Now, which of those do you think was more thankful, more loving of the one that released them? Simon said, I suppose that that had given, forgiven much. He said, you've rightly judged. He says, those that have forgiven much, love much. You don't know what this woman's been through. And, and he said, that's why she's behaving like this. See, we see people, but we don't recognize. Now, if you see a homeless person, if you stare at them long enough and let your heart open, you might see a human being instead of a homeless person. And if you, if you just keep your heart there for a minute, you might go beyond seeing a human, and you might see the Lord himself. Because Jesus is in every human on this planet. And that's what the Bible teaches. Paul stood at Mars Hill in Acts and talking to Greek philosophers and said, for we are all children of God. If Christ was not in a person, they would cease to exist. That's what John 1 says. All things, it says it in Colossians 1, it says it in Ephesians, it says it in John 1, that if God was truly to withdraw his presence from any human, they would cease to exist, for all things consist and have their being in him. See, they, people don't know that because the church has lied to us. I grew up being told that I, God's holy, he can't look at sin, you're a sinner, God can't look at you, and, and God has separated your sins, you know, God's turned away from you because he's too holy to look at sin. All that's lies. The Bible never teaches that. It says the opposite of that. But I bought into it, and I believed it, separation. And then they said Jesus came to save us from the Father and be the bridge across the great divide. And all that's bull. Because Adam and Eve sinned. And God came right on in the same cool of the evening, talked to them, hung out with them. They had a couple of twin sons. One of them murdered the other brother. That's a murderer. Anybody, anybody call murder sin? What does God do? Does he turn his back on the murderer? No, he goes, hangs out with him. In fact, the first time the word accept is in the Bible. It's right there when God was talking to, to uh, Cain that murdered Abel. And God said, if you just do the right thing, you'll be accepted. Not like you're going to be accepted by what you... God said, just, you're accepted. And he said, well, they're going to kill me, Papa, because I murdered my brother. Everybody's going to be trying to kill me now. And God said, I ain't going to let that happen. I'm going to put a mark on you. I'm going to seal you so that the man won't kill you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to care for you. That's who Daddy is. That's who he is. I thought God turned his back on his son while... He... No, you've just been listening to religion. That's not what it says. Read the Bible. Just because Jesus said, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? Jesus is tasting of that, that, that feeling in the flesh. Psalm, 1, Psalm 22 verse 1 says that. How about reading the whole Psalm 22 though? Let's try that for a while. How about reading the whole 22nd Psalm that is a messianic prophecy of the crucifixion of Jesus and you will find down in the latter two-thirds of that Psalm that it says the Lord would not turn his back on that one that was being crucified. And nor would he forsake him. And yet preachers get up and preach, God forsook his son, he's too old, he can't look at sin. 
Man, I'm so sick of all them lies. Because see, I got sold all that. But God's not separated from any human. God's in every man. And see, the Apostle Paul, uh, you know, he, he didn't know that. He thought he was separated. He bought into that. And you're talking about somebody that knew the Scriptures, the Old Covenant. Now, he knew them. The meanest people I've ever encountered in my life is people that knew the Bible or thought they did. They do know the Bible, but they don't know the author. See, our goal is not to know Scripture. It's never been the goal. I value Scripture. I'm so thankful for it. But it only points me to a person, and Jesus made that extremely clear in John chapter 5, talking to the Pharisees who fasted twice a week, who knew the Scriptures, who had memorized the Torah and could quote any Scripture in the Old Covenant you want them to. But Jesus said, you search the Scriptures, for in them you think that you have eternal life, but you're not willing to come to me. He said, for those Scriptures testify of me, but you're not willing to come to me that you might have life. He said, you can study all the Scriptures you want, but until you come... See, we, we, you know, you can't trust the message until you trust the messenger. And what we have done is we have sacrificed and we have worshipped the message without really getting to know the messenger. If somebody comes and gives you a message and, and tells you something, if you don't know them, you've never seen them, you don't really trust their message. Because why? You don't trust the messenger. But if somebody you trust deeply comes and says, blah, 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 you need to go down here to X, Y, Z, because they, they told me to tell you you need to go there, then you'll be, you, you'll be heading out. Why? Because you trust the messenger. Therefore, you trust the message is true and authentic and accurate. Do you know that, that Jesus just does this wonderful thing? He just says, follow me. Listen to me. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels, 19 times Jesus says, follow me. It's going to shock you now. Hang on. Not one time did he ever tell anybody in the Gospels, worship me. So you think I just lied. I'd give you something fun to do on Mother's Day afternoon. Search it out. See if you can prove me a lie. Not one time in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, John did Jesus ever tell anybody to worship me. But he told them 19 times, why don't you just follow me? See, because when you see that homeless person or you see that man that we went and helped yesterday, that brother, you know, he just needed some help. I bet he asked me 10 times, why are you doing this? Uh, and, and yesterday afternoon, I was carrying the store. He said, you know, one thing's different about you. He said, you like no preacher I ever met. And he just saying, I can hang out with you. Kept fist bumping me, you know. And I'd watch him grab his brother's hand, grab Raymond. He'd grab your hand and wrap his other hand around it, didn't he? And just hold on to you. Just touched him. Because what I want to say to you, it don't make us nothing. But I mowed Jesus' yard yesterday. That's who George I mowed. We, we, didn't, we didn't mow that man's yard. We mowed Jesus' yard. We, we didn't hook up that man's TV. We hooked up Jesus' TV. Because you said, when did we hook up Jesus' TV? When you did it to him, Jesus said you did it to me. They, they, Jesus said, now listen to me, you... you you know, when you came to visit the person in prison, you, you was visiting me, really. 
Because what you didn't know, and, and, and I now hope you know, is Christ is in every human. It's Christ in you that's the hope of glory. And Christ is in every person. And when, listen, and when you start really can see that Jesus is in everybody, he, he's already in them. We don't go to church. I don't care if I go to church. He's in them. And if he wasn't, they'd be dead. He holds all things together. Read the scriptures. He, he's in them. Without him, there is no life. There's no existence. He's in them. And that's what people don't know. You mean Christ is already in them? They don't even go to church? They ain't prayed to prayer? And you know, ain't... No, He's in them. Well, our job is, is to get them to recognize what's on the inside. See, the Apostle Paul said, he, he didn't know this, and, and in Galatians he said, when it pleased the Lord who separated me from my mother's womb, listen, to reveal Christ in me. Paul said the most startling thing that I came to know is that Christ was in me the whole time. Even when he was killing Christians and doing all the stupid stuff that religion had him doing, he didn't even know Jesus was already on the inside of him. And when you awaken to that, see, see Jesus said in John, he said, he made a statement, and, and, which is true, he said, I'm the light of the world. Now Jesus, hardly in any of the Gospels except John, and John is the oldest chronological book in the whole New Testament. Most people don't realize that. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, that was written very early. But, but John was after, Jesus long been crucified. It was 30 years after all that that John wrote that, that, that gospel of John. It's even older than the book of Revelation. And so, so but Jesus' favorite statement of himself was, son of man. He said, I'm son of man. Let me put it to you, I'm just, a, I'm just your everyday guy. That's how Jesus referred to himself. I'm the son of man. I'm the son of man. And they didn't understand that. And when you, when you begin to see that, and you, and, you, and you stop trying to categorize people, and you stop trying to say, well, this one is this, and this one that, and they're out, and I'm in, and this, it changes. The world would be a much better place if you could say, that human that I'm looking at, if I'll stare at him long enough, I'll see Jesus in him. Because Jesus, I want to tell you, is in there. And, and, and you, have the, you have the grace of God to extract the precious from the vile. Oh, yeah, I can see the vile. I mean, I can see a field full of dirt. And, that's, and when you walk by, you don't see nothing but the dirt. But there's a pearl in that field. And if you're willing to buy and deal with the dirt, you can call forth that pearl. And that pearl's Jesus. You can call him out. What you speak to will arise up in a person. And what you see is that God does know them by name. And he has called them. And he does love them. And when you're doing anything kind. So yesterday morning, you know, just my day. And it don't make me nothing. I'm just trying to spur you on to these things. You know, we had to get up, and, and we got to get up. We didn't have to. We thank God. But, but we went to the First Baptist Church to, to, uh, to aid and had a piano recital. So we went and hung out there. And I noticed, like most of us, you know, you know you're there, and you know, they got, you know, 30, 40 kids going to do their thing, you know. And sometimes it's a little rough in there. You know, they're not, they not doing like our brother up on the keyboard, just, you know, flow. It's a little rough in there. And really what you only care about is your kid, your grandkid. Like, 
You know, I, like, how long before Aiden's up? <laughs> and all throughout the thing, you'll see particularly dads, moms, y'all are sweeter. But dads, they like wait, they watch their kid, and as soon as their kid, you know, here they, they're out the door. They... <laughs> now, I had to do that, which was the first time, because I had to go back to my house. I had to load my truck up. I had to get some things ready so I could meet these men here at the church at, at 1 o'clock. And so I had done told Aiden that Poppy's going to ease out, buddy, but I won't leave till I see you play, you know. And I watched how all these people, and then they would, you know, boil their kids up. They'd... And then other kids like. But I want to tell you something. There is a God that cheers for all of us. And he don't, and, and he, he, he does. And I've told you this before, forgive me for repeating and some of you, don't, you just don't know, because I, I it's, but months ago, Aiden, who is 10 now, right, 10, and Addie, and, and the reason I talk about them a lot, because they live seven houses down, so they're they at my house a lot, and, and which I love, and I love all my grandbabies, kids. They don't let me call them grandbabies, but too bad, but, but, they're, but them two are always there if they can be there. And even this morning, you know, Sunday morning, yeah, he's spent night. You know, I know every Sunday morning my phone's going to ring. I'm in there getting ready for service and studying and, and hanging out with God, and my phone's going to ring. And, 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 and she says, Poppy, can you come get me? Uh, and she knows this is my, what's my response? I'll be right there. So I roll out the house, jump on that golf cart, buzz seven houses down. Here she comes out in her little jammies, and I said, you just get up? Yeah, puppy. And then she hops on the golf cart, and I roll her back to the house. She rolls in the house, she goes to her Mimi, and she's looking for pancakes or waffles or some kind of breakfast. And I was sitting there, I went back in my office, I said, the Mimi's going to fix you something, baby, and I, puppy got, I'm going to go back to my office and, and hang out in there. And a little bit, my daughter called. She said, Daddy, is Addie down there? And I said, yeah, she's down there. She called and told me. I, she said she just left. She didn't even tell me she would leave. So I didn't tell Jill this. And, and, and uh, I said, no, I didn't know it, baby. I said, she called me and told me to come get her like she does every Sunday. She said, all I know, she got my phone, called you, and she, I went around looking in the house. She was gone. Because then mamas, they were, you know, where'd she go? You know? And, uh, and I said, no, she's fine. She's here. And she, Jill fixes them breakfast. And then she, you know, got, and then she carries them back home. Now, some of that would kind of mess up with your church time and getting here. And I was so frazzled this morning. I don't know if you ever have these Sundays, but I roll out of my neighborhood. You know, I'm halfway out to the main road, and I look in the mirror. You know, you just kind of try and check yourself, seeing if, you, you know, you got your clothes on and everything. And I look, and I hadn't even shaved. <laughs> I have never done that. And I started to go, well, I might not shave. I just, I don't, I said, no, I can't, I can't go all scraggly looking on Mother's Day. So I turn around. And I called on the phone. I was going to get Jill to, I got an electric razor I could use sometime in the emergency like I was going to get her to walk it out to the driveway. You think she answered her phone? Mm-mm. She didn't answer her phone. Called her three times. Didn't I'm glad I wasn't laying inside the road needing some help. I called her three times. And what? Oh, it was on vibrate because she knew she was coming to church. That's a poor excuse if I ever... <laughs> <laughs> I run in the house and I was, you know, getting out. And she's like, What's wrong? And I said, I didn't shave. And I run to the unshaving with the letter raised. And I said, Well, it's just going to be good as it can get today. 
And I left and I said, I'm going to be late and I'm driving. Frazzled. But part of that wonderful thing is those kids are there. A few months ago, they said, they said, Poppy, we're going we're gonna to draw you. We're going to draw a picture of you. So Aiden, they wanted me to model for him, so I just stood there. So Aiden takes his, you know, draws. Addie's doing hers with a crayon. So she draws and draws a picture. When they get through, Aiden's 10, Addie's 7. Aiden's got a little more, you know, he's doing here with a pencil. She's doing with a crayon. And really, to me, neither one of them looked like me. But they both said, and they wrote on their poppy. Those pictures that they drew of me are in my desk drawer, and I often look at them. I received both of them, pictures. I hugged both of my grandchildren, and I said, thank you. And in their little hearts and their little minds and their little ability to put on paper what they think I am looked like to them, that's, they did their best, and I received it. Now, this is what you don't know. That's, we're all those kids with crayons. And you think you know what God's about. Anytime you start describing God, we're all above our pay grade. Let me just go and say that. Me and ain't nobody got a clue, really. But we do the best. We're kids with crayons, and we're trying to draw what we believe that God looks like. We draw God, and, he, and, 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 and you show him your picture, and he, he receives it. He accepts it. And this is what's going to bother some people. We got a Muslim over here. And they draw on their paper. And say, this is what we think God said. Papa takes that paper too. Because we're all on this arc of revelation. One thing that's going on worldwide is what's been reported for, for over for decades. Is there's this constant common reoccurrence to the tune of thousands of Muslims who are, are converting to Christianity because they say they have personal vision or revelation in a dream or whatever or vision of the Lord Jesus himself making himself known to them. So people that are steeped in religion kind of need a Damascus Road deal like Paul got. Well, I didn't ever seen Lord, well, because you wasn't deep in religion like that. And the Lord receives those papers. And they, no, none of us got it completely correct. Now, I hope you don't hear what I'm not saying, but I hope you hear what I am saying. That God has accepted you based on him. That's the lie that Adam and Eve fell for in the garden. That, that, that serpent talked and said, you need to do something to be accepted by God. If you do this and this and this, if you eat of this tree, if you do this, if you go, go to this church, if you say this prayer, if you do, then you'll be accepted. No. That man told me yesterday when I drove him to town, he said, you know, you like no other preacher I ever met. And I, I don't think I'm all that in the bag of chips. I, I didn't even want to tell him. I, if he hadn't asked me that yesterday, he, I'd have went there and mowed his yard. He wouldn't have known I'm a preacher. I kind of got aggravated at myself. I even confessed I was the pastor. Because I didn't want to change the dynamic of mine and his relationship. But he said, he said you, you're not like any other preacher I've ever met. I said, and how so? He said, because you don't talk about your church. He said, every other preacher I met, first thing they talked to me about is their church. Try to get me to come. He said, you ain't mentioned your church one time except when I asked you. 
He said, all you've talked about and not much about that was Jesus. He said, now I can talk to you about Jesus. Now this is going to bother you, but I carried that man and said, where'd you carry him to town? To the liquor store. I gave him to the liquor store after we left cleaning his yard. Now, he wanted to get a six-pack of Ice House. That's beer. He needed to get a pack, some, and a pack of cigarettes. So I carried him there because I'm loving on this guy. And he said, you going to carry him back home? I said, yeah, I'll carry him back home. I said, now, go on in there. I said, now, I got to get home now. I need to be home about 5 o'clock. I got to pick up my grandbabies because my daughter and her husband having their anniversary dinner, and we, we're keeping them. He said, it won't take me two minutes. He went in there, come out, a little six-pack of his beer, and, and, we, and, I, and, he, and I said, we head back to his house. He said, he, he said pull in right there. He said, there, there's a guy there that might have a job or something for me. He said, let me go in there. He said, it won't take me two minutes. Everything two minutes. <laughs> it was more like 10 minutes. And I was sitting out there, and then a little bit, he come back out. <clears throat> And he said, uh, he said, man, you can go on home. He said, uh, I'm going to hang out with this guy here a while. And he said, he'll take me home in a little while. And, uh, but he said, I want to tell you something. And he grabbed hold of my arm like he was doing all these men. He wrapped his thumb around me. You know, he grabbed it and held it. He said, he said, I will always love you, man. He said, I always did his light on his heart. He said, I will always love you. I said, I love you too, buddy. I said, now listen to me. You keep looking up to him. I said, things going to get better for you. He said, man, I love you. He said, I'll be calling you. I, I didn't say nothing. I was thinking, I know you will. <laughs> I'll be working. He's my phone ring. I see his name pop up. He always same thing. What you doing? I said, I'm out here working. He said, well, where you at today? I'm in Douglas or I'm in wherever. And he said, where are you going after that? <laughs> and just trying to conversate. That's what it's about for me. That's what it's about for you. And I'm asking you to just stare at a person long enough that they become not just a homeless person or this person or that person or this color or that color. Stare at them until they come, become human. And then keep looking at them until they become the Lord. And do unto the Lord. We went, so I, I, I came home and I couldn't wait to get home and get a shower and stuff. And, and, um, and, and then we were going to take the grandbabies to eat. My daughter and her husband, my son-in-law, was going out for the anniversary celebration. And, and so we quickly got a shower and we were going to try to get home. Because I knew the restaurants were around town would be packed. So we went to a restaurant last night. My grandbabies, they always pick, they say where we go. They just do. I'm a wimp like that. So they said, I wanted to go to mom and dad's, but they wanted to go to Maury's. So that's where we went. And I said, well, I want to watch the show. I just want to go eat then. How about that? And they said, that's good. And this young man that waited on us captured my heart. <laughs> he just did. He, he was really trying so hard, and he did a fantastic job. I just couldn't get over it. And I've told you, and this don't make me jack. It don't make me nothing. But I've always tried, most of the time, not all the time, most of the time I try to keep a $100 bill in my wallet that I just told the Lord that I'm going to keep this, and when you prompt me, I'll give it away to whomever that it may touch. And I was sitting there last night, and I kept thinking, 
give, you know, I, I, I failed it. I don't know that I heard it, but, I, you know, give him the $100. And I knew that had to be Lord because right after that I heard these other voices. Like, but thinking, reminding me of what I would maybe have to do without if I did that. Or might have been some things I wanted to do with that, but I wouldn't be able to do it because I didn't have it no more. Or, you know, this is going to cost enough just to eat here. All those thoughts. Anybody ever have those kind of thoughts? But I just, I had to. And so when he come to the, finished up, and I done put my card in the, in the thing, and he come to take that, uh, he says, is it ready? And I said, yes. I, I said, what's your name? He said, Corey. I said, Corey, you have really blessed us tonight. And I just reached and handed him that. And he saw that one zero zero. And it rocked him. I bet he don't get many of them at a night for working so hard. And he just held it to his chest and he said, you've blessed me. You have blessed me. That's what I want to do. I told Jill, you know, we're driving out of there, and my grandbaby's like, Papa, did you give him $100? They said, can we go to books a million? I said, no. <laughs> I said, I'm $100 out tonight. <laughs> we're going home. And they said, aww. They, they, you know, so I am the pop, you know, I'm El Shaddad, the God of, you know, the dad of more than, the granddad of more than enough to them. They see no limits. And, um, and that's a wonderful thing. And that's how God wants you to view him. He's the God of more than enough, not just enough, not to get by God. God loves you. He cares for you. But it, it, it touched them. And, and, the, 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 and it don't make me nothing. And I'll probably never see that guy again. And I didn't say, hey, I'm the preacher. I'm the pastor at Grace Point. We want you to come. I'm, no, because then I'm trying to coerce him. I'm, I'm not doing that. I wasn't there wearing the preacher's suit. I'm just a human. And I saw a young man that I really don't know nothing about. But my heart was drawn to him. And I don't know. I, I, I perceive in my heart that he's a college kid working his way. Just trying to, trying to do, it, do the stuff, man. And somehow or another, that maybe made him smile. And it helped him a little bit. Sometimes we don't understand these things and why God would prompt you to do it if that was him, in fact. But I told my wife, you know, going home, and the kids were talking about it, and I said, man, I just wish I was a billionaire. And that's what I told her. I said, man, I'd have went in yesterday and we'd have had a bulldozer to bulldoze that little old shed that man lives in, that trailer. And we put a brand new one in there. And just stuck it in there. Said, here's the keys to it, bro. Love to do that. Love to do that. A lot of things we can't do. But you don't wait till you become a millionaire to help people. If you got $10, that means you got something to help. If you got $100, you might got something there. Whatever that God puts on you. And you don't have to blow. The Bible said don't lift your left hand. Notice what your right hand's doing. Don't sound an alarm and tell them, hey, everybody on Facebook, look, I'm going to help this home. I mean, stop doing that, man. I wish them people would just get off. That gets me so aggravated. We've never one time in our food ministry have I ever allowed them to go by there with cameras and all and, and do a promotion of those people's faces and what's going on. We have a lot of people back there. And, and that guy was so blessed to have that little bit of food and all. And he just, could, he just couldn't believe that we would even send some food over there to him. 
And I'm trying to help him not eat one time, I'm trying to figure out how to get help that will last month after month after month after month. And it's taking some education for him. And it's taking some time. But God's using us. Church, keep doing that. Knowing they are all accepted. And that Christ is in every one of them. And see that, speak to that dissent them and awaken that in their hearts. Happy Mother's Day. Stand with me. Amen. You receive it this morning. God bless you. Let me pray for you quickly. I'll get you out of here. Heavenly Father, we thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving us the Lord Jesus. Thank you that Christ is in us, the hope of glory. Thank you that in you we live, move, and have our very being. I praise you for that today. I pray that you would help our eyes to be opened, that not only we would see, but we would recognize what we're seeing. There's Christ in them. That's their hope. That's that blessed hope in Jesus. I pray that that awakening would come to every person that hears this message. If they don't know that Jesus is already there, he's in them, let them awaken to the reality that Paul so startling woke up to, that Christ was in me the whole time, and the Holy Spirit revealed Christ in me. I pray that revelation would come, and I pray, Father, that they would walk in that light. I pray that. In Jesus' name. Now let me say one thing to you that came to me while I was praying. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Did he not? In Matthew, Jesus said this, you are the light of the world. Now that light is not for somebody to look at us. That light is like a flashlight. When I turn on my flashlight in darkness, I don't stare at the light. What that light does is it illuminates me where I can see other things more clearly. The light, when it says, Jesus said, you're the light, that's what that light in you does. And it gives you the ability and me the ability to see and to look at a guy, you know, in a, in a little old raggedy trailer and see Jesus in that guy. That light shines and I'm able to see the Lord's there. And I mowed the Lord's, the Lord's yards. I helped. I, I, you understand what I'm saying? And it changes the dynamic of everything. And it makes you nicer to people. And you don't want to be mean to nobody. And you don't want to go with the ins and the outs, and I'm in, and you're out, and I'm this, and you're, it, it removes all that. And it makes the world a whole lot better place to live in. You agree with that? Go and sin no more. How about that? Love you.